You know what I didn't do today? Uh, show prep. I. I mean, you know what? <laughs> why? Why would I start on episode six? From the basement of Ruby's on Summit, this is the Pros from Dover, a soccer podcast by a couple of Nordex pats, which proves once and for all that just because you have a cheap microphones, a pretty decent laptop, too much free time, and a coda pass, that maybe podcasting isn't for everyone. Hashtag your tweets, hashtag finest kind to join the conversation and bring back the bullpen car. Uh, episode six of the Pros from Dover. My name is Matt. That's Jim. Hello. And uh, we are back with another episode. A uh, lot of stuff going on. Um, U.S. Men's National Team comes to Columbus, uh, pulls out a win uh, at the new Lower.com field. We also had uh, the crew. Uh, Dosik Wains came to town and uh, left with. Uh, Four, less, four goals rung yeah, on. Less than satisfaction for Dos Iguain. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I, I did not accept. That was not the uh, the result that I was expecting out of that match. Uh, neither was I. Yeah. Yeah, um, I wasn't expecting it either. I have I have some things to talk about towards the end of the podcast about this. Not necessarily about the game itself, but how we treat former players. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think that's a, that's that's reasonable. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zardes with a brace. Yeah. Um, Santos scores in the run of play. Yes, um, yes. Can we please talk about Santos' goal? Not not, not his goal, per se. Yeah. But his celebration of the goal. <laughs> yes, yes. So, I do not want to diminish what the team did. They won 4-0, which is, I think, the most authoritative victory they've had in... Oh, God, I can't even remember, literally. But, yeah. but for me... The best part of the match was um, Pedro Santos' um, goal celebration. Where you know how like players, if it's if it's they don't have something special for goal celebration, they just sort of like like run and then slide on their knees and then slide for a while and yeah. then they're done. Yeah. Well, we've talked about the the inadequacy of the field <laughs> at Lower.com. So basically, what happens to Pedro Santos is he he takes a running leap, starts to slide, and then his slide stops. Yes. But because of his forward momentum, he just sort of tips over. Yeah, I'm really glad. That <laughs> like he's, a big wheel or it, something. It's really good that he's wearing long socks because if not, it would just be just grass burns. Just, I know. Oh man, that's it's like he was sliding on concrete. It was the best part of the match. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. god, yeah. It was I mean, great. Nagby set up for that oh. for that goal. And, and such unselfish play by Nagby on that one, especially. Yeah. Um, it, it was fantastic. Zardes, both of his goals were, were fantastic. And then um, the own goal at yeah. the end there. Yeah. Uh, just just the, the little moose bouche I know, I know, uh, I know. It was... It, what, so you said you think uh, most, most authoritative win in recent memory. Um, I would counter with MLS Cup last year only because even though it wasn't a high, as high of a scoreline... Uh, it was definitely more of a marquee match, um, but other than that, I'm trying to think of a time where we've won that ha- that handily, and and it just was not after about the 25th minute. You could it was, just tell it was, it was done. You yeah. could tell it was not Miami's night. Yeah, it was done. Um, yeah, the last four nil win at home I can remember was against I think New England in the final home game of the 2008 
regular season after oh God, we had, yeah okay after we had clinched it yeah and, I and so about so that I one. was married then and so um, that was the only home game I didn't go to that season because my ex-wife's birthday was her birthday party was that how that. dare she have a birthday I know yeah especially because she was a crew fan yeah and yeah. so so rude so so <laughs> so <laughs> I distinctly remember this in that. Like, so, because we lived close enough to the stadium that we could hear it yeah. every time there was a goal. And mm-hmm. so we're sitting on the front porch waiting for guests to come. And every time there's a goal, there's this giant cheer like a mile away. Yeah. And she looks at me and I look at her like, you know, just like, you know, like Roy Kent, like, Ur. yeah. And by the fourth goal, she's like, what did I do to this man? Yeah. Yeah. So. Is, is- is this one of the reasons you're divorced? No. It is It is the singular reason why when we won the Eastern Cup, the Eastern Conference, Conference Championship, yeah. um, like within a minute, she got on the phone and booked me a flight to L.A. and got me a ticket for the final game. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, so all so good. all was forgiven. All was forgiven, yes. Um, I... Yeah, I was trying to. Think, I'm like, I'm like, we won for nothing this year, but then I was like, oh, it was, it was uh, Champions League, and, and yeah, yeah, that yeah, didn't count. Yeah, um, no. that. And you're right. Like three nil in an MLS Cup final is is like even more authoritative. It just it's it it wasn't so immediate because for most of us we saw it on TV. Yeah. Oh, I I completely agree with you there. I'm trying to think like three nil last year against Cincinnati. Um, yeah, three nil game against them. I'm I'm just looking. I'm looking back to see if there's any other, like uh, we did. We won four nil in the MLS's back tournament uh, against Cincinnati. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's usually I just I just expect these score lines just, against Cincinnati. <laughs> it's well, it's it's kind of like. It's kind of like I was listening to a football podcast a couple of years ago, and when the guy was the guy was talking about like Cristiano Ronaldo against like mere mortals, and he's basically saying that like yeah, Ronaldo plays against other people the way that I play against my like eleven year old child, yeah. where he just cannot handle me. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about FC Cincinnati is that they are our eleven year old child, and they just simply like we can we could run up the score. Like uh, to to like whatever you know we want to do it. Yeah, we um we did beat the Ventura County Fusion in preseason two years ago <laughs> five to one. <laughs> was was friend of the pot Eric Winalda playing in that match? Probably. Yeah, I would okay. I would I would think. I yeah. Would think. Um, All yeah. right. Do we do we want to like do we want to crush? Miami soul into the dirt anymore? Or do we want to go into the U.S. Mas- men's national team? I I just um, you know, and and whatever it's it's a gripe's a gripe's a gripe, but like to the people that I saw with the uh, custom printed Miami Beckham jerseys. Yeah, that's something that that I got into a little bit of a dispute with somebody on Twitter about today because okay, okay. they're apparently like three hundred dollars. Wait, wait. They, oh, so the team is selling those specifically? They're not. That's not something that somebody went to a team store. And no, they're like. I think. I think it was like three hundred. He never fucking played for them. Yeah. 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 Why? He just owns the team. Right. Yeah. Why are they more expensive than regular player jerseys? 
uh, because he's a better player than... Well, he's actually not a better player than Gonzalo Higuain because he scored yeah. cuz Gonzalo Higuain like broke the Serie A scoring record. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. But but David Beckham's married to one of the Spice Girls. <laughs> I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, boozy spice. Bougie Spice, yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's Surly Spice, Boozy Spice. Uh, cranky Spice. Cranky Spice. That's the one I was married that's to. The one, that's the, cranky Spice is actually the grandpa from Donkey Kong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, poor Herman, Ryan. He had no idea what he was in. Herman for. Spice. Herman Spice. <laughs> and Old Spice. Yes. Oh, yeah. And Penzi Spice. And Penzi Spice. <laughs> How many Spice Girls were there? Oh, it was it, it was kind of like the Beach Boys when they just sort of went in and out. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Nihilist Spice, she has the meats. <laughs> so, are we done with the Miami game? I mean, I got nothing else about it. It's it's so I, I well we'll talk about it a little bit later because it is it is giving us this false sense of hope of of a potential postseason, um, which I like false senses of hope. Well, you know what they tell me. It's the hope that kills you. <laughs> I always thought it was the fact that I went off my cholesterol meds, but whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, U.S. Men's National Team. Yeah. That was a you fun You were at game. that game. It you was were... a fun game. So th- thank you very much, uh, my good friend Jenny from Cincinnati. Uh, actually, her sister could not go to the game. So oh. uh, I, was the, I was the third wheel with Jenny and her boyfriend. Uh, okay. Which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we, we went, we had decent seats in the South End. Um, it was a very fun match to watch. Uh, it was not a fun match for me to attend. Um, Please explain. I despise almost everything that U.S. soccer has done match day experience-wise to their matches in the last four to eight years. Yes, because you have a soul. Um, there was a in, um, in-stand, or a in-game host that I was unaware of. He just looked like some guy that was on the screen the entire time. Um, so like, like what, what uh, Max Headroom? Yeah, he he wasn't like on the okay. He 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 kept popping on the screen. He kept telling people to uh, to turn their flashlights on their phones on and wave them, but nobody did it because nobody knew what he was talking about. He was basically trying to cheerlead during the game from the scoreboard. So like Max Headroom. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the the other thing is is they had the. Uh, in the parlance of the NFL, the uh, AO Capo from uh, I guess Detroit or somewhere somewhere in Michigan. Um, I, I know that a uh, friend of the pod, uh, uh, Brad, uh, does know, Brad Nutesta, yeah, yeah, does know him or, or knows him via via Twitter. And I, I don't know the guy; I got nothing against him, other than the fact that he was capoing at a U.S. soccer match, uh, and that's a completely different story for a completely different time. But. He uh, he was apparently mic'd up, as they'd say in the NFL. Yeah, and they had uh, him kick off the, the 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 festivities for everybody. Um, U.S. Soccer has a DJ. <laughs> um, well, and then and then to to cap it off, and this does make me feel like an old person just saying this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Uh, do you remember how we got those a uh, few years ago? We got those scarves that were misspelled. 
Uh, and then, you know, we got scarves at some of the other games or, like, some sort of keeps, keepsake. Um, we got an NFT. Oh. That was the, that was the, they doubled the prices, and instead of giving you something that actually means something, they gave you an NFT that you could download. There you go. It's powered by blockchain. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, if uh, anybody ever says it's powered by blockchain to me ever again, I will throw myself into traffic. Just so you're aware. I will never say that to you then. So, okay, so let's talk about the game for a minute. Yeah, the game was... It was, it was, yeah, and, it was and it was a lot of fun. It was a very fun <laughs> game to watch if, if I would have been sitting in just a room. <laughs> right, well, so, you know, because I'm a doofus and a cheapskate, and because I have a day job and all that shit, I did not go. I didn't yeah. want to pay, like... You know, I kept I kept look, looking on StubHub, and it's like, well, if tickets are, like, 45 bucks, I'll go, yeah. you know? And they never went that low. Mm -hmm. You know, I could get them. I could get a ticket for like sixty eight dollars, but at that point, I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But it was an enjoyable game to watch on television. Yeah. As as close to a neutral as I can be. Mm -hmm. um, no, I had a lot of fun watching it. It was it was really a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of all I got to say about it. Other than it looks like. Um, we're probably going to qualify for Human Rights World Cup. I think so. Yeah. Um, oh, I, yay. I think the, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mor moral hashtag moral dilemma, which we'll get to later. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that that notwithstanding, I, I think the I think the U.S. gets through the the um, the oct. Yeah, the uh, octagon. The yeah, because because um, I mean Canada did okay. Yeah. Can uh, Mexico did fine. Yeah. But we get four slots, so we're good. We're yeah, Canada's got. Um, I mean, it's right now Mexico, uh, Mexico first, U.S. second, Canada third, Panama fourth, Costa Rica fifth, uh, Jamaica sixth, El Salvador seventh, and Honduras eighth. As of this recording, um, the U.S. is has only lost one game, um, and, and yeah, I, I don't see a reason why why we wouldn't make it through um, at this point. I, I think the big the biggest test is going to be. Uh, Mexico and Cincinnati, sure on uh, the twelfth, which I just noticed is a nine o'clock kickoff <laughs> in Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, gotta get that Mexican TV money, right? I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nine ten kickoff actually. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, away to Jamaica in that round as well, um, and then we don't have another qualifier until January. I mean, literally, if we score points against Mexico in that match, then we're fine. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. um, we don't go to Mexico until oh the day before my birthday, March twenty fourth. Oh, I'll be in Boston seeing there might be Giants. There you go. Yeah. All right. They're playing flood cover to cover, Jim. Oh man. Yes. Can I go? Uh, if my wife doesn't want to go, sure. That's my birthday present I bought myself during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. still happening. Yeah. Um, you know what I bought for my birthday? What? A truss. That, did you, did that's a that's a joke. Oh, I, th I thought you mispronounced truck. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, we got uh, anything else to say about the Nets? No, I think we're done with session one, um, and then we're going to come back with why doesn't Columbus have a professional sports team? Yeah. And 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 other things <laughs> to talk about. We'll be back in a second. It's the pros from Dover.
Today's episode of the Pros from Dover is brought to you by Coda Line Number Eight. Miss seeing people scream at total strangers for absolutely no reason while you're going down High Street? Try Coda Line Number Eight. Segment two of the pros from Dover. I'm Matt. He's Jim. And uh, Jim, yes. you have a very special message? I have a very special message for a very special woman. Okay. Yes. I don't know your name because I've forgotten it, but you're a real estate agent in Worthington, and you apparently do not think that there is any professional sports team in Columbus because after the men's national team, you were, intervi- you were interviewed by Channel 6, and you said as such. And so um, you got a lot of flack on social media. A lot of people were basically just coming after you. And so I'm thinking that probably you were misquoted or you were quoted out of context. But I just wanted to use this as a springboard to talk about how um, Columbus has this weird like like we 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 have um what what do you call it matt when you you have um when you you don't think much of yourself imposter syndrome no it's like when you don't think much of yourself uh uh, uh, low self-esteem low self-esteem that's it yes yes Yes. you just described me thank you (laughs) so anyway so columbus has low self-esteem when it comes to sports because sports fans in columbus are divided into three groups They are OSU football fans, they are fans of everything but OSU football, and they are fans of all of the above. Yeah. Okay. And roller derby fans. There you go. Yeah. Those are the most fun. Yes, they are. The point being, anyone who is not explicitly an OSU football fan has low self-esteem because we assume that that we're never going to get any kind of uh, media, we're never going to get any attention nationally, all that sort of stuff. And this this young woman's little clip on Channel 6 News at 11 at um, last Wednesday sort of played into that. And I have two things to say about that. One is um, a local network station should have never played that clip because it either made her look like she was an idiot or it made her play into the worst stereotypes of Columbus football or Columbus sports fans. Mm-hmm. So I think that local media need to get away from that. Yeah. Thoughts? Um, imagine my surprise when a Sinclair media station uh, had, had uh, poor journalistic integrity. Yeah, I don't uh, think it was Sinclair doing that. Though. I, well, I think it was just so. I think it was a guy who like probably hadn't slept for like three days. But, but I mean, but I mean, if you get hired by Sinclair, come on. Fair um, enough. Yeah. yeah so, so, my, I've got a couple of points here. One was you know, and I am somewhat guilty of this. I on Twitter mentioned this woman by name uh-huh. and mentioned that she was a local realtor. I'm pretty sure that on the local, like, Nordeca Facebook page, they essentially doxed her. That is what I heard. Is I've, I've not been on the Nordeca Facebook page for... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Five years, I want to say. Right. Um, mostly for my mental health. 
um, yeah, uh, entirely for my mental health. Um, I don't really find it to be a positive and uplifting place well, or, clearly, or somewhere that I want to go. Clearly, um, it's not. And, and okay, so so in my opinion, I I made the only joke that I made is that I hope she has a safe trip in her time machine back to 1995. Exactly. Um, the consistent dragging of this random woman. I know on, it's horrible. On the internet, it's just it's just dumb. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. It's 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 a funny clip. You can make you can make a quick little joke about it, but don't go to where she works or call her or or like act like act like a goddamn adult for once in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's fun. It's fun to make a it's fun to make a joke, but like she's not in this. Yeah. She's not. She's somebody who showed up to a thing, had a camera stuck in her face, and the whole thing is is that. I'm somebody who worked in media forever. If you put a camera in my face on the spot, I'm not going to necessarily say everything 100% correct, and I've got experience doing it. Right. I've, I've said I've, I've made countless mistakes in things that I've done. That I've, in this no, very specific in, in this, podcast. In this very specific <laughs> podcast. Yeah. It's real weird, Ralph. <laughs> I know. And so... the. I think the point that both Ryan and I, I'm sorry, Matthew and I are trying to make. Ryan's over there. Yeah, I know. Ryan's over there. The, the, is that, one, don't drag this woman because yeah. it's not fair. Because you have no idea, like, what was going on in her life when someone stuck a camera and a microphone in her face. But yeah. the other thing is it speaks to a larger issue of Columbus sports, which is... I don't know a whole lot about Blue Jackets fandom because yeah. I'm not much of a Blue Jackets fan. I go to a, a couple of games a year, but that's yeah. it. Um, by the way, I apologize for my tweet about how hockey sucks. It was basically I was just trying to find parking in the, the garage. Uh-huh. And yeah, that was that was the thing. Yeah. Um, but the, the the larger issue is Columbus professional sports fans, meaning mostly. Columbus Crew fans need to get the "oh my God, we're so oppressed" attitude off yeah. their shoulders, because you know what? We've got a beautiful stadium, cost three hundred million dollars. We're getting like eighteen, nineteen thousand people a game. Yeah. What more do you people want? Yeah. I mean, really, just get over your your sense of oppression. Just stop it. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't really have much to disagree with you on there. Um, I, I do think, yeah, there, there is the whole, um, uh, the whole kind of, um, little, you know, little man syndrome or, or, or whatever when that comes to. So um, don't react like that unless you're being actively threatened. This woman was not actively threatening you. No. Someone trying to move the team out of town was actively threatening you. That was an appropriate response. Exactly. Um, you know, the uh, only other Don thing- Garber existing is actively threatening you. So yes. you, you yeah, yeah, yeah. drag him. But but he's here's the thing. That's the other thing. I'm I'm not saying I don't if you if you don't like um, what somebody in MLS is doing or if you don't like whatever, even even I mean I I I go to the point of, you know, like that's one thing. This is a private person that just randomly got put on the spot. Don't don't be don't be a dick. Exactly. On the other hand, if you are that random woman or you know her and 
I, I the other day on Twitter, I basically said I would like to have her on the podcast. Yeah. Because I would like to have like a nice, decent, honest conversation about why she said those things. Yeah. And what was the context? Yeah. Because. So for a lot of people, a lot of people who are crew fans or Blue Jackets fans or, or both, they took that as a sign that the professional teams in this city are not doing enough to advertise to sports fans in general. I, I 100% agree with that. I, I do as well. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm not a marketing guy. I think that you're probably right they're probably right i just don't know what the solution is i don't think the i don't think uh yeah i don't think uh shitting on a random woman on twitter is the appropriate solution yeah she if i and i don't i don't know her i'm not going to make any attempt to to reach out to her uh, right. or anything like that because she's probably had a pretty shitty like week uh if if she's on the internet and i don't know she <laughs> might be one of these people uh like my dad who's just not on the internet and you know what's really cool about that my dad's super happy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Here's here's the problem with that. Yeah. If you're under fifty and not on the internet, you're probably dead. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, but no, I mean, if she if she does want to come on this this uh, podcast and talk to a couple ding dongs, uh, I promise uh, two things: we're not going to be mean to you. Uh, number one, um, and number two, we won't tell anybody the day you're coming. Uh, so, exactly. Um, so we won't. Uh, no, no one will know that you're going to be on the show till after the show comes out because we don't want the idiots to show up. Right. Um, I don't want the idiots to show up normally, but especially if we're doing something, uh, we're doing something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, open open invite. I don't know if she'll ever hear this. I don't know if anybody knows her, but uh, um, yeah, uh, don't don't dox random people. On the internet, especially not, if if cool. they don't know yeah. their, your favorite sports team, there's a lot of real, real <laughs> horrible people out there doing real, real, actual horrible things. Save your aggression for like Ted Cruz or something. Not this, you know. Yell at him on the internet. Don't yell on yell at uh, uh, this lady. Yeah, she, exactly. She, she didn't. She in grand scheme of things, she did nothing. She well, she did nothing wrong. A, but grand scheme of things, she did even less than nothing wrong. Like, it's not even a blip on the radar in two weeks. True story. Yeah. All right, um, so next we have up on our segment, why doesn't the broadcast team go on the road? And I think, Matthew, this is your... Uh... Yeah, I got kind of angry about this uh, a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, and I guess, and, and some, some people, some, I've, I've talked to some people about it. Um, I, I... I don't like the fact that we don't have so we we have television broadcasts which is awesome we have uh, i hear a tell we have television broadcasts. A, de- a dedicated a dedicated team that is broadcasting the games um on a on a network that uh people who have cable can get um the, they don't go on the road and, and i find that weird um i know that some people say that they feel like MLS is going to try to move to a national broadcast format where there will not be home, uh, there will not be really home broadcast teams anymore. And my reply to that is, when, and who's going to pay for that? Um, they they we have we have Fox and we have ESPN and we have Univision right now as our national television partners. True. Uh, in Twitter, I guess sometimes. Um, which is what it is. Um, but 
by and large, the majority of Major League Soccer games in this country are televised via local television networks. Yeah, Valley Sports. Valley apparel. Sports is, is, is the one for Columbus. Um, I think uh, Chicago's is just some guy, um, you know, basically like, using like, Periscope. I was thinking a ham radio guy, but yeah. you're probably closer to the truth. <laughs> Vine. <laughs> yeah. I think they resurrected Vine specifically yeah. for the Or a uh, series of Chicago TikTok Fire. videos. Yes. It's just... <laughs> 15-second TikTok videos is how yeah. they're broadcasting the entire Chicago <laughs> fire season. Um, but but that is that is the model for even the even the teams that have uh, much larger attendances uh, than us. Uh, your your Atlanta's, your Seattle's of the world um, are still mostly on regional regional sports networks, and they're like, well, we're, they want to go to an NFL model. Okay, so. The NFL is the only league that does not have local broadcast teams. The NBA has local broadcast teams. Yep. The NHL has local broadcast teams. And arguably the one league that that would have done it if it would have been a situation where that would have happened would have been Major League Baseball of of the remaining sports. But but the the but the beauty of Major League Baseball yes. is local broadcast. Oh, of course. That is the best part of it. Oh God, yeah. Is, no, I, is I, that is that every broadcast you get, it's like, do I want a homer for the Toronto Blue Jays or do I want a homer for the Milwaukee Brewers? Yeah, exactly. I, it's the other, it's the best part. But but baseball broadcasters go on the road. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the Blue Jackets guys go on the road. I'm not 100% sure on that, and I was I was trying to figure that out. But I'm I'm I, I get having pool uh, pool cameras, and I get having pool right. uh, yeah, yeah. broadcast equipment and things along those lines. But whenever the feed drops and they can't tell me what's happening in the game because they're not there, it sucks. It's it's kind of like watching ESPN Champions League. Um, coverage from 1993 when you've got J.P. Della Camera and Tommy Smith broadcasting from Connecticut while they're like, yeah. it's AC Milan versus Spartak Moscow. And yeah. they're like, well, we're watching what you're watching, kids, and I'm not sure if that's... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and so that's that's my only thought on that. It, it, it was, it was uh, you know, something I was a little bit more angry about during the Philadelphia game. Um, but it, it's it's one of those things that's always kind of uh, bothered me. I okay, guess, I guess is the the biggest thing there. So uh, you want to take a break? I'd like to take a break, and then I want to talk about uh, sports ownership. Okay, and uh, some other things. Okay, all um, right. And Cheers. Uh, we'll be right back. It's the pros from Dover. And we're back. It is segment three of the pros from Dover. I like uh, I like the fact that we've got ads this week. I do. Yeah, yeah it's great. We yeah. got great ads. We got really good ads. Yeah, we got the best advertisers. We do the yeah. best advertisers. Yes. Um, yeah. Segment three. Uh, we talked about this uh, during episode five, but unfortunately, it was uh, during the portion where my computer crashed, um, which better not happen this week. Um, so I want to come back. For, unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, Tony is not here. Um, Ryan can chip in, or chi- uh, chime in on this one if he wants to. But, uh, Jim, we're yeah. going to go to you first on this. Okay, so so a couple things. Um, so last, well, actually it was about two weeks ago, we had sort of a roundtable discussion with Tony and Matt and I about 
who is a who who we should have a statue for, who should be honored by the team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then, um, so again, we beat the crap out of Miami, and Miami had a former crew player, um, Federico Iguain, better known as Pipa, who some people, including a friend of the pod, Chris Lamacchia, consider him a crew, a crew legend. Yeah. I do not necessarily, that is not the point necessarily of this segment, other than to say that um, because I honor Chris's friendship and I love him very much, I love him like a brother, his opinion matters as much to me as my own does to me. Um, I guess I have a different standard or different like a, a, opinion about what you mean when you're talking about a crew legend that sort of thing okay. but the, what are your, what are your um, qualifications well okay so my qualifications for being a crew legend is somebody who has um, done I guess two or th- two of the three of these things uh-huh Played for the team for a long time. Yes. Made a significant impact on the club's culture. Yeah. And or um, helped win a major trophy. Okay. Okay. So so I tweeted about this earlier today, and I basically said, as far as I'm concerned, there's three crew legends, and if you twisted my arm, there'd be a fourth. The three would be Brian McBride. Okay. Um, Frankie Haydock. Mm-hmm. And Guillermo Barrascolotto. Okay. And if you wanted to twist my arm, that fourth person would be Chad Marshall. Okay. Okay. So to me, Federico Iguain is not a crew legend. He's a guy who played with the team for a long time. He, um, as someone, I'm sorry, I can't remember who who replied to my tweet said, "Well, he's one of the few people who have scored 50 goals and had 50 assists for the team, which is not an insignificant thing." Yeah. But on the other hand, he played for the team for like seven or eight seasons. So, given his prominence in terms of he was a regular starter, um, that's less than 10 goals and less than 10 assists a season. Yeah. I'm just saying that. Now, now, would your opinion be different had we won MLS Cup in 2015? Absolutely. Okay. And no. here's the problem. Well, for one thing, Iguain did not play in that match. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, say, I'm not saying, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah. he's on that team, and, you know, it's, I, I would still, I would still say that you, you get, you still get an MLS Cup ring, even if you don't play, oh, if uh, you're injured. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's a couple of confounding factors with that specific season and that specific team, and that's because um, a a player who is generally, for for a reason I don't really get, reviled by the team's fan base, Kai Kamara, he -hmm. scored like 26 goals that season. Yeah. He registered one of the best seasons a crew player has ever registered. Yeah. And we would not have gotten within a breath. We are the people! Hi, Scott. Thanks. We would not have gotten within a mile of MLS Cup if it had not been for Kai Kamara. Yeah. So. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think this is another example, going back to what we were talking about earlier, is that, that Kai Kamara, the reason that, that people don't like Kai Kamara is because of the internet. Um, I mean, it's because and, of it's because of everything that he uh, it, it's and, and and quite I'm I'm 
I think Kai Kamara is a, was a good player for us. Um, I am very meh about Kai Kamara. Like, I don't I don't care. I know that there's a lot of people that freaking hate that guy. I love the guy. Yeah. But, but okay, so, so a couple of things. Um, and this is sort of an open discussion that I would really like to have with our listeners and the people who follow us on Twitter is how do you find how do you define a team legend? Because I mean, if you if you want to loosen it up, I would say that HSA for instance, team not to fuck with. HSA team not to fuck with. HSA team not to fuck with. There you go. Thanks, Scott. So, so I would say that someone like like Eddie Gavin is a team legend because. He, because he donned goalkeeper's gloves and and took one for the team. That yeah. was an iconic, legendary performance. Will Hesmer scoring a goal in the dying minutes as a header running forward against Toronto FC so that we would not register our first loss against Toronto FC yeah. is a legendary performance. Yes. Duncan Auten coming back from a surgery that no other professional sports player had ever undertaken mm-hmm. and 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 giving his his career his his professional career to this team is legendary yeah. so there, there there are many criteria and i guess what i wanted to do was two things one Open up an open discussion with our listeners and with our readers about what you what you define a legend to be. Yeah. And the second thing is, when is it appropriate to boo a former player when they come and play against us afterwards? Because, and this is the impetus, um, Federico Iguain was booed by crew fans Saturday night, last mm-hmm. night. Yeah, I think that's perfectly appropriate. Yeah, I think that there are, th- I think that there are basically. Okay, I said there are there are three crew legends. There's McBride. There's there's uh, Gije, and there's um, Frankie. Yeah. So I actively booed Brian McBride in yep. 2008 because he made the conscious decision and he knew what he was doing and he was fine with it. Yeah. To come and play against our biggest rival. To come play our play for our biggest rival. Big, for our biggest us. Yes, yes, against us. And he knew what he was doing and he knew that he was gonna get booed and he was fine with it. Yeah. I would never I would never boo Gijet if yeah. he were to ever play a game. I mean, it's not gonna happen because he's too old now. Yeah. Same with Frankie. I would never boo Frankie if he were to play a game against Did us. Did Frankie get booed with the Galaxy after during the game? I don't think so, but I, I don't I remember. I think he did. Um, well, so and, and and this is this is going back there. Yeah. Um, because what was that? Two thousand eleven. Yes, and you know, and here's the thing. I told Ryan, the, the the thing about Frankie is Frankie's the kind of guy that if he were to come and play against us and we booed him, he'd probably join in. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, he he got from what I remember, Frankie got cheered when he came out. Right. Um, and then during the match, got booed. And then after the match came over and got cheered, and that's entirely appropriate. That that is that is I think the way that you the way that you play that. I want to go back to, to one of the ones that you were talking about earlier, um, uh, Brian McBride, and I agree with you. Uh, Brian McBride is a is a club legend. 
Um, but one of your qualifications was winning a major trophy. Do you consider the 2002 Open Cup a major trophy? Absolutely. It's okay. the first. It's the first major trophy this team ever won. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, is it of the caliber of, you know, it's not an MLS Cup, yeah. but yeah. no. Yeah, no. We're not the Seattle Sounders. We don't. We don't consider all of our Open Cups the. Uh, the, the creme de la you know, creme I got into an argument team. with somebody, a Man United fan, about how Arsenal were a minor team because they hadn't won a major trophy in like 10 years. And I'm like, well, they've won a bunch of FA Cups. And he's like, the FA Cup doesn't count. And I'm like, that's because you haven't won one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I, I would I would, I would, agree with you. I mean, it's, it's I'm looking back at, at the players. I, I do think um, got a guy like, uh, well, we talked about this in the the now the now lost to lost to the annals of history because <laughs> yes. um, we were talking about who who you would build a statue of and and the the you know the 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 circle of honor players are obviously um, the circle of honor players are obviously obvious you know what I yeah. mean um, I don't like we've talked about this before I don't like the fact that the placement of the circle of honor is now outside the stadium I think that's weird um, but you know would you Besides them, I I said uh, I said Duncan Outen, yeah, would be would be mine, um, just because he was the heart and soul of this team for so so long. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, above and beyond. I mean, above and beyond even Frankie. You know, I would say like Frankie. Frankie was definitely the guy playing for the team, and I'm not trying to question Frankie's commitment or anything like that at all. Um, but but Duncan was always was just Mr. Columbus. For, yeah. for his entire career, um, so I don't know. I don't know who who would you who would you pick? Well, you know, I've said you know my first three, and then my my alternate, which would be Chad, and then you know you get so you get guys like okay Stern John who Stern never won a trophy for this team. Yeah, but he lit up the league yeah. like he he was a walking hat trick. Yeah. Like he scored, like he he joined the team halfway through the the like the ninety seven ninety eight ninety eight season yeah. and scored like three hat tricks. Yeah, um, scored like uh, I think he still holds our our like season long scoring record. Okay, here's another person that I really kind of want to have a long term conversation about because he is. Kinda with an asterisk, our all-time leading scorer, and that's Jeff Cunningham. Yeah, and people don't like Jeff Cunningham for reasons, and but I would kind of consider Jeff Cunningham a club legend. Yeah. Um, uh, so I did put this out on Twitter, and I'm gonna as as things come in, I'm gonna I'm gonna I put this question out. Yeah. Um, Adam Jardy, a friend of the show, replies. Oh, okay. Uh, his qualifications for a crew legend, I think you just feel it. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I would like to think that you know I I want Eddie Gavin to be a club legend. Yeah. Eddie Gavin's beard definitely is. I want Eddie Gavin's goalkeeper gloves to be a club legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I kind of want Jeff Cunningham to be a club legend because Jeff Cunningham scored. Okay, not only did he score a shit ton of goals for this team, yeah. he scored two goals in the opening match of the first match in the old Crew Stadium. Yeah, um, which meant a lot to me. 
Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you do you think do you think I guess this is another and and this this might be kind of feeding into what what Adam said because um, you were talking about Will Hesmer before you were talking about the White Wizard game before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where where Hesmer scores that goal to keep us uh, undefeated against Toronto. Right. Um, and and. You know, then you have MLS Cup 08 with Will Hesmer. You have like all these. Is is a club legend the guy that you tell the legends about? Possibly, because that's the same. Frankie Haydick, you know, you, there's there's a <laughs> him tailgating in the parking lot with the fans when he's on a red card. Um, his goal in MLS Cup, where. I don't know how many goals he scored that season, but he wasn't really, you know, he wasn't really a goal scorer. No. Um, you know, his, he scored, and then he goes and he scores a goal in, in MLS Cup. You have Chad Marshall um, dunking on Brian McBride. Yes. In the, yeah. in club the, legend versus club legend, yes, man. Yes, that, that, that sort of stuff. And, and, and taking it up, you know, taking it taking it closer, um, uh, you know, closer closer to now, you have... Um, the the 2000, 2020 MLS Cup you have you have that that entire season that's just this weird yeah. up mess and, of a season yeah and this is something that I kind of thought we might get into and it's the problematic legacy of Lucas Zellerion yeah which I'm I'm probably gonna write a book chapter okay. called the problematic legacy of Lucas Zellerion <laughs> yeah because Zellerion won us MLS Cup in twenty twenty of course he did. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't dispute that. Uh, here's the thing, though. In 2021, he isn't, he's been not the best player on the team. He's really not performed well. Yeah. Um, I can come up with a bunch of really cold, clinical, analytical reasons for that, most of which are, well, he was sort of an unknown quantity in 2020, and people didn't know how to play against him, and now they do, and so now they're playing against him better, and so that's why we've not had a really good season. But on the other hand, it doesn't seem like he really wants to pass the ball to his teammates very much. Yeah. Um, this was something I noticed a lot last night. It's like all of his passes just seem to go to the other team. Mm-hmm. And so does that... If we're if we're doing this in five years, because Zeller Ryan won us an MLS Cup, does that mean he's a club legend? If he didn't do anything else for us ever, the, I think he's in the conversation. Fair enough. I think yeah. he's one hundred percent in the conversation. Uh, Steve Clark's in the conversation. Oh hell yeah! You know what I mean? Steve Clark didn't win us an MLS Cup. Um, you know, the, the question, questionable refereeing lost us an MLS Cup. Plus, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you, factors, factors. Um, but. Steve Clark just just the way he was when he was here is the goalkeeper one of the goalkeepers you tell stories about. Yeah. You know. Um didn't Andy Greenbaum score a goal from the entire opposite end? Yeah. Or or was, did he get scored on? Now I'm trying to remember. Oh god. Yeah, yeah. no, I think he okay. got scored. Okay. No, sorry. <laughs> sorry Andy. <laughs> Don't mean that. <laughs> Yes, University um, of Kentucky alum Andy Greenbaum, uh, along yeah. with Mark McCullers and myself. Uh, Andy Greenbaum's great. Oh, he is. Uh, he, uh, I had uh, one of his game worn jerseys, and uh, this is this is when he's still with the team. And I happened to be at Columbus Oktoberfest, and I was wearing it. 
and he had his entire family with him and thought it was the coolest thing ever that somebody out in the wild that he didn't know was wearing one of his jerseys. <laughs> exactly. It was fantastic. Uh, all know? right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna like put a pin on this discussion yeah. a little bit and well, say I wanna keep this I wanna keep this up. I absolutely. Want... That's the point, is I want to have this a continuing discussion. What does it mean, listeners? readers, tweeters, twitters, whatever. What does it mean to be a club legend, especially for a team? And I'm not saying that we don't have much of a history, but compared to like, you know, Arsenal or uh, Red Star Belgrade or whatever, this team's history is, you know, is a quarter of a dec- a quarter of a century long. So, um, friend of the show, Roger DeBoer. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Roger says, uh, he actually wrote a, a decent amount on this. So, oh, okay. um, a weird combination of tenure and accomplishment that's different for everyone, maybe. Thinking about it from my perspective, I don't know how I would define it. It's just an aura about the player. It's a personal feeling that I can't quantify or use to convince others. Like, using tenure plus accomplishment, Justin Miram should be a club legend. Fifth in all-time appearances and seventh in all-time goals, with quite a few of them being important. And yet, I have no idea why, but he doesn't, quote, feel like a, quote, legend to me. And that's interesting because, yeah, we didn't bring Justin Miram up at No, all. And, and, and Justin's a guy that I sort of, like, have in the back of my head. Yeah. Simply because, and a lot of it is, he's a guy, okay, another guy that we talked about previously is, um, oh, crap, he's, I'm, uh, he, he, center, center back, still playing with us. Uh, Josh Williams. Josh Williams, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people would say he's a club legend. Uh-huh. And, and some of it has to do with their commitment to the team. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we get back to the Duncan Auten thing. Is yep. that Especially because, okay, you know, somebody like Josh Williams or Justin Miram, they're, they're relatively local guys. Yeah. Um. Duncan Auten is from literally the other side of the planet. Yeah. And somehow he ended up devoting his professional career to this team. Yeah. Um, I do want to I do want to point out um, so Brian McBride is actually number 1 in goals scored for the crew. It's they they fudged it a little. Okay. Yeah. Because there's yeah, I, I, according to this, seventy nine with McBride, seventy four for Cunningham. Yeah. Uh, Federico Higuain and Jossie Zardes right now on third after last night. Right. Um. Or no, I take that back. Wait. Uh. No, that is correct. See, I, I'm looking at. I, I was. I had the date wrong. <laughs> um. So yeah, Jossie Zardes after last night pulled even with Guillermo. Uh. Or sorry, with Fre- Federico Higuain for yes. uh, third most goals of all time. With uh, 59, uh, and then Stern John with 55. Yeah, Stern John had 55 goals in two seasons. Um, Actually, and, a season and a half. And uh, signed from, by the way, uh, I didn't know this. I, I probably knew it at one point and forgot, but uh, the clubs he was signed, the club he was signed from, the New Orleans Riverboat Gamblers. Stern John? Yeah. Do, so, do you know how we signed Stern John? Little aside. <laughs> <laughs> he just showed up in a Waffle House. Kind of. So so um, we had a right back, Ansel Elcock, who was yeah. from Trinidad. Yeah. And he was a quite handy right back. He actually, um, my friend Dave Staley, the guy I go to, I shouldn't have said his phone, but whatever. He doesn't care. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so Dave and, and, and Ansel were neighbors, and so... Um, before every match, Ansel would knock on Dave's door and hand him tickets, and then he would go to the match. Uh-huh. Anyway, so Ansel was first cousins with Stern John, and at a certain point in, like, 1998, 
he uh, he went up to one of the assistant coaches and said, "I got a cousin who's a pretty good player. You might want to take a look at him." Yeah, and that's how he signed Stern John. <laughs> And, um, and I am not in any way exaggerating that. That is the God's honest truth. It's like literally our right back said, my first cousin's playing down in New Orleans. He's a pretty good goal scorer. You might want to take a look at him. And then like three hat tricks in the next two weeks later, they're like, oh, you're pretty, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. 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 A uh, friend of the show, Chris Lamacchia has responded as yeah. well as Tony Galifo. We'll do Tony's first because it's shorter. Yeah. Uh, significance during their playing time. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, cut to the point. Uh, Chris Lamacchia, and I want to remind everyone that the opinions of Chris Lamacchia are not necessarily the opinions of myself uh, or, uh, <laughs> or or swollen jaw grotes- corp- grotes- grotesquely swollen jaw LLC. Yes. Um, now I have to register that before the podcast comes out. It was a joke, but now somebody's going to swoop in and take the name. <laughs> Yes, all 13 people who listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, so Chris Lamacchia replies with, uh, Justin Miram is the anti-Chad Marshall, a very wonderful human being who performed his job at an average level and is underrated in history. Uh, once again, Chris's words, not mine. <laughs> Chad is a douche who's great at soccer and will go down in the books as one of the best ever. <laughs> there you go. You know, you know why Chad Marshall didn't play for the U.S. men's national team? Yeah. He lost his passport. <laughs> he just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Patrick replies, uh, Eddie Gavin, yes. Steve Leonard, me, I say yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then uh, Chris Lamacchia, uh, clarifying question, legend or capital L legend? Uh, and then he replies with capital L legend trophies, legend love. Um, so yeah, that's uh, got some got some pretty good responses so far. All so right. uh, we'll keep it going. Uh, if we get some more responses during segment number four, yeah, uh, we'll go from there. We got a uh, we got a full plate. We got uh, a full come, platter, come yeah, because we got uh, we, we got, got the poo poo platter. The... <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's so enough. Got, that's got... segment three for the pros from Dover. I'm Jim. That's Matt. Well, I was gonna tease segment four, Jim. This is how you do radio. So uh, we got uh, Columbus at Nashville, uh, and that's gonna be uh, a good. Uh, let's see here, seven hours after I get my COVID booster shot. So we'll see how that goes. Chinka chinka. Exactly. Um, that's what we're going to talk about next. Are we doing a show between? Uh, I guess we should figure this out off the air. If we're yeah. doing a show between the next two, the away match in Nashville and the home match um, next Saturday. Probably. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably a good idea. So we'll just preview Nashville, yeah. and then uh, we'll figure out off the air when we're going to do our next recording. Sounds good. It's the pros from Dover. Stick around. Hello, Matthew. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm good. So okay. we're going to talk about the Nashville game, and then we're going to, I'm going to go off on a rant. So fun for all concerned, right? Neat. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm excited about this. I mean, I know it's a long shot. I'm always a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always somebody who enjoys a long shot uh, because right now, um, as of this recording, uh, we are sitting at uh, 10th place. Uh, NYCFC and the Red Bulls, did they draw today? Um, let me, I'm going... That's a good question. No. <clears throat> Excuse me, Red Bull won. 
which uh, puts them both on 40 points. Um, so that puts Red Bull and uh, NYCFC are both on 40 points. Montreal on 41 points. The crew on 37 points. Um, basically, what we need at this point is DC, Montreal, and both New York teams to start losing. Uh, by a lot. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, Beelzebub, if you could make that happen. I mean, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So what I've heard is as long as we win four of the next five games, we're a lock. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Stone cold lock. Did I tell you, by the way, I didn't tell you. So uh, my buddy Duke in Indiana, Yeah. Um, we were talking. Our golf partner. Yeah, our golf partner. We were talking in the morning about... Um, uh, gambling, about, about <laughs> sports gambling. Yes. So I had him put a bet down for me that uh, it was $30, and it was on Austin to lose, Cincinnati to lose, Chicago to lose, and Atlanta to lose. And so what you're saying is if you bet $30, you've got a nickel back. Uh, if, I got, <laughs> if I bet $30 on that, the odds were actually with that parlay such that it would have given me $1,000. Wow. The odds were weird this weekend on these games. Every single team that I needed to lose lost, with the exception of Chicago, Chicago. that played friggin' New England. I think Scott's dead. Yeah, I think maybe. I don't know what just happened there, but um, yeah. We'll the, ignore it. <laughs> the, the, the Revolution lose one of only four games this year to... Um, the freaking fire. Chica yeah, Chicago fire. What? I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so kids, don't be, don't gamble. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or New England fans, if you're out there, um, one of you owes me $1,000. Uh, just saying. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so okay. Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. Um, Music City, USA. So I want to I see their last few games. They have not had a super great run of form. Um they have not won a game since September 22nd, where they beat Inter-Miami 5-1. to one. Um, <laughs> Since then, 0-0 zero, zero draw against uh, Chicago, 2-2 two, two draw against Orlando, 0-0 zero, zero draw against New York, and a 0-0 zero, zero draw against D.C. All of those games on the road, um, with the exception of the uh, game, the 2-2 two, two draw against Orlando. Um, not a great run of form in their last five. Uh, and, and it's a home game, right? It's a home game for them. Yes, yeah. it is. It is one of our last two away games. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm. I'm really. I, I'm optimistic about this one. Um, Nashville really kind of they they hit their losing streak at the or their their winless streak. I guess we could say at, at the at the worst time of the season to do so, um, because they're still you know they're still in second place in the. So in the here's division. here's the problem I have. Yeah. So okay. So. Um, we beat the shit out of Miami. Yep. Last night. Yes, we did. Um, our captain was unavailable for the officially. It was national team reasons, but basically because of COVID issues, he had to um, uh, quarantine for yeah. a while. Um, our quote unquote best player is not playing very well for us. Mm-hmm. We had our best performance by a guy that I think a lot of us had given up on 
over a year ago, Pedro Santos. And I'm yeah. not I'm not criticizing Santos. I'm kind of criticizing myself for saying, well, you know, because I think about a month ago on this very same podcast, I said, well, I'd be happy to keep Santos if we could keep him for like a third of what we're paying him now. Yeah. And then he started, he really steps up. Yeah, you, so, got, you got him mad. <laughs> I got him, yeah. Yes, Pedro Santos, apparently enemy of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I don't. I mean, I'm just trying to push the discussion on, but I don't know what the hell is going on, Matt. No. I don't know what's going on with this team. It's like, Me either. yeah, it's like, um, you know. So we when we won that Campiones Cup against Cruz Azul, there there was a little thing in the back of our heads. Where we're like, oh well, this will just spur us into winning everything for the rest of the season, and we'll just launch into another MLS Cup, and it'll be glorious. And then we get the shit kicked out of us by Philadelphia that, it, next, that it, next Sunday. Exactly. We we, pay, we play like, I don't know, like the men's over 50 team that I'm not good enough to play for anymore because I broke my hip. We go, and, that, and that's the thing, is then we take two weeks off. Yeah. We come back, and we beat Miami four to nothing. Yeah. I don't understand this team. This is the same team that lost one to nothing to Chicago at Soldier Field. I know. Earlier I don't, this year. This okay. Is, what do we do? Somebody, please come on the air and come on this podcast and explain to us what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The ghost of Siggy Schmidt. We should have a seance and just have Siggy. Or I don't know. But I guess what I'm saying is I don't know what the hell's going to happen with the yeah. rest of the season. I st- mathematically, we're probably out of the playoffs. But all I'm saying is the team is making me interested enough into going to the rest of the matches. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at – I want to look at the, the actual, like, Sports Club Stats website to see where we're at as far as um, – so this is prior to this weekend's games. It's showing Columbus with a where are we on here? Uh, it's showing Columbus with a seven percent chance of making the playoffs. Sure. Um, now with this game, uh, that we're we probably just, up into the teens. That we just won. Yeah it, yeah, it definitely changed the odds, and that's um, where is it? Here, I know this makes for great radio. Me trying it, to find it really does. Me yeah. trying to find something on my phone. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, <laughs> it. Upped our t- it upped our chances to ten percent. Okay. Um, and if we beat Nashville, um, it will up our chances to twenty percent. There you go. Um. So I'm saying there's a chance. Jim. There's a chance. Okay. I'm saying there's a chance. Okay. So folks, come out to Lower Dot Com Field. Join me and Matt in our misery. That's all we can ask. Well, I'm not going to be there on Wednesday. Oh. The games in Nashville. I understand. I'm it's talking about the home games. Game. I'm gonna come. Uh, I'm gonna be here. I think. Oh. Okay. Work thing on Wednesday. No, I don't know. No, I don't know. Work right. thing on Wednesday. Can we so. go to the next segment? Yeah, so let's that go to I the can, next segment. So I can rant for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, um, going to the larger world of football, um, many, many, many listeners will have probably noticed that Newcastle United were bought recently by a sovereign wealth fund um, controlled by the Saudi national government. Um, Specifically, Mohammed bin Salam. Mm -hmm. Um, Salman, sorry. The the person who is generally considered responsible, and I'm probably going to actually have a, you know, death threat against me now for saying this, but the person who is 
um, considered to be directly responsible for the death of American journalist um, uh, Khashoggi, Jama Khashoggi. Yeah. Um, so when this, uh, so this has been in the works for nearly a year. Yeah. And over the last couple of weeks, it became more and more inevitable until it finally happened. Um, the other 19 Premier League teams, many of whom have no moral ground to stand on, were opposed to this. Yeah. Didn't matter. Um, Saudi money is everywhere. Uh, it's it's um, pervasive in the British government. It was going to happen. It happened. Yeah. Newcastle lost 3-2 to two today against uh, Tottenham Hotspur, which is neither here nor there exactly. Um, the issue is... Um, it seems like most Newcastle fans, largely because for the last 14 years they had their team had been owned by this guy Mike Ashley who owns Sports Direct, a um, sort of like the Dick Sport. It's like a low rent Dick Sporting Goods in Britain. Uh huh. Who basically his modus operandi for owning Newcastle was. Um, putting just enough money in them that they did not get relegated regularly from the Premier League. Yeah. But not enough that their fans would ever have hope of, like, ever winning. Yeah. Consequently, once the Saudi government bought this team, they were over. They were overjoyed. Mm-hmm. And they really didn't care about human rights abuses. They really didn't care about the fact that the Saudi government doesn't allow women to vote, doesn't allow women to, like go outside, doesn't allow women to drive a car, any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I talked to a couple of people about this. Yeah. General sports fans, not soccer slash football fans. And I said, so what would happen if, um, you know, a sovereign wealth fund from a morally questionable, to put it lightly, um, country were to buy your professional sports team, mm-hmm. and the most, um, the most interesting, the most, the the best response I got was, well, you know what, I would ask the team, the players on the team, how they felt about it. I would ask them to step up. Yeah. And I thought about that, and I thought it was a very good response. And then I thought about when. Anthony Precourt, because I'm going to name names because it's it's very obvious. When Anthony Precourt, who owned our team, decided that he was going to move that team to Austin, Texas, what the response was of Columbus Crew players, and for most of the for most of them, the response was there was no response. It was silence. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of players who grew up in the neighborhood, grew up in the. Uh, in, in central Ohio who were adamantly opposed. Um, other than that... There were a lot of former players. There were a lot were, of former uh, players who and, were... And and I, that's that's not... I, I want to get into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My point is... Um, that was a very good response if you think that professional athletes have a role in societal discussions about political issues, which apparently they do, except when their own team is involved. Yeah. And so 
Um, this has given me a lot to think about because I am, you know, I'm 100% opposed to to the Saudi government buying Newcastle United. I think the Saudi government is is morally reprehensible. I think that they are among the worst people on the planet, um, et cetera, et cetera. On the other hand, they make a lot of money and they can do what they're, you know, in in our current system, they can do what what they want with their money. Yeah. Um, And I think it's a big ask to ask Joe John Selvey to say, I'm not going to play for the Saudi national team, even though I'm going to play for Mike Astley. Yeah. Um, And again, this is sort of part and parcel with me saying, who's a crew legend? I kind of want this... I'm kind of looking at this podcast as sort of being a dialogue, but not just between the two of us and, you know, people who come and, and listen and participate, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, but like people who listen, people who interact with us on Twitter, on other social media. Um, what's the proper response for fans and players? Because yeah. I cannot begrudge Newcastle United fans for wanting a team that actually goes out and tries to win because they haven't had that in a decade and a half. Yeah. I, I mean, you, I, I, I get where you're coming from there. And, and I think that um, to, to double back on the players that were here um, during uh, when, when Precourt announced he was moving the team, um, they were all, to my knowledge, under a, uh, a, a gag order. Probably. Um, under, under contractually obligated where they, if, they, if they broke said gag order, they would, they would um, they'd venture to lose a, quite a bit of money. Sure. Um, and, and his employees, uh, that, that's, that's another thing. I don't know, but I would, I would venture to guess that professional athletes probably in, in, their, in the MLS contract... Uh, in the contract they have with MLS, has certain things that that they are contractually not allowed to say. Yeah. Um, and, and and I think that probably that level of criticism of ownership would be would be one of those things. <laughs> yeah, I would um, think it would probably be really close to the top. I think the biggest problem that you're going to have, uh, in my opinion, and I think I think that um, most people don't give a shit about anything. Um, and and. And I'm talking about the general public here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's sad, and I don't think it's good, but... Um, Jesse's Ernest! <laughs> Scott's here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this just tells you how many times Scott's had to pee during this podcast. I know, we've yeah. Been recording for, yeah. We've only been recording <laughs> for about an hour Hashtag Scott UTI. Yeah. <laughs> Scotty Gutes. Um, but I look, I look at it as you had... Uh, we'll... we'll I was trying to think of somebody in the the NFL that kind of you know a scumbag owner in the NFL, um, and, and and you know it was real hard to find one. But yeah, I mean, it was yes. the, the guy that owns Washington. Yeah, um, I can't remember his name now. Mark Snyder, uh, Daniel Snyder. Yeah. Um, but obviously the 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 Redskins name is one of them. But I didn't know this until very recently during the Great Recession of the late two thousands. Uh, the Redskins sued season ticket holders who weren't able to pay for their tickets. Dude sues his own fans. Yeah. And they, they still sell out all their games. Of course they right? did. Yeah. They, yeah. They, racist ass name, sues his own fans. Everything else I'm reading about him kind of seems like kind of seems like just a gene- just a general dick bag. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not not uh, you know not a, a uh, 
foreign governments uh, with, okay. with a very yeah, questionable yeah, yeah. human so, rights so record. Here, here's but, the thing. Okay, if if you stole like I don't know, like a Washington football team, um, like beanie, yeah, would he have your hands chopped off? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Okay. He kind of seems like an asshole. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair um, enough. I mean, and this this is the other thing is is the U.S. is still participating in in the twenty twenty two World Cup. Yeah, I know. In a country where it's illegal to be gay. Yes. In a country where I mean, where where it's illegal and punishable by death to be gay. Yes. Um, where more people have died building the stadiums than will actually attend those stadiums. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. I mean, no, 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 no. Wait. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, this is, this is, uh, uh, it's almost like people with money suck. I has a sad. Oh, yeah. Anyway, again, I just, I kind of want, I kind of want some input from people who are listening. Yeah. Like, how is, like, at what point does the, the venality of your team's ownership prevent you from enjoying okay so in 2004 Snyder brokered a deal with the National Park Service to remove old growth trees from the 200 feet of national park land behind his home to grant him a better view of the Potomac River there you go okay so so friend of the pod and guest of the pod Ryan is a big Cincinnati Reds fan uh-huh. so I am not a Cincinnati Reds fan. Yeah, I, I, I think I know where you're going with this. Okay, so do you know why I am not a Cincinnati Reds fan? Mark Shot. Well, <laughs> it actually it actually even predates Mark Shot, um, if you can believe that. Joe Nexall. Oh, yeah, no, no, the old left-hander rounding third and heading for all. No, I love Joe Nexall. No, it was okay. So. So in the early 70s, when I was a small child and I loved Major League Baseball, um, there was, a, there was a, um, a trend towards like facial hair, like, you know, like players growing sideburns, growing beards, uh-huh. growing like, you know, the handlebars. They would let you bring your goat into Crosley Field. Uh, that's, yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> and so, so I, I, I read this story in like Sport Magazine or Sports Illustrated where the, the Reds would not let their players grow facial hair, yeah. nor would they let their players um, have logos on their shoes, mm-hmm. um, which meant that they couldn't have um, sponsorships, you know, from Adidas or Rawlings or who Nike wasn't a thing yet. But um, and I, as a seven-year-old, thought, well, this is ridiculous. These are grown men. They're professional athletes. Yeah. You should let them be grown men. Yeah. And if they want to grow a beard, if they want to grow a mustache, <laughs> if they want to get extra money for having like. I don't know, like a a, a a Converse or a Rawlings logo on their shoes. Yeah. What what is your problem with that? Yeah. And I thought it was infantilizing grown men. Uh-huh. And because of that, I have never liked the Cincinnati Reds. You took a briefcase to high school. <laughs> <laughs> I took a briefcase to to grade school. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, uh, I I I thought you were gonna say uh, that you lost a bunch of money on the nineteen nineteen World Series. <laughs> no, because I am not Roger Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not until the nineties until uh, Dimitri Young 
Young wouldn't shave his goatee. Exactly, so, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so this is so apparently I have been railing the same thing for like the last fifty years, and I don't know what to say other than um, we are the pros from Dover. If you haven't, if you have a, um, if you want to talk about sports fan ownership and how it relates to the way that you relate to your own sports team, we'd really like to hear about it. If you want to come in and talk to us about it, that'd be great. Um, yeah. I've got nothing else to talk about, so um, Matt, if you want to walk us out, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, everybody, we are the pros from Dover. Thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, if you like us, um, tell somebody about us. Uh, maybe leave us a review. That would be really helpful. Uh, if you don't like us, nobody cares about your opinion anyway. Uh, maybe keep it to yourself. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, I want to say thank you to Corporate Circus. Uh, their song Reject is our interstitial outro and intro song that is off their album No Place Like Home. Thank you so much, guys, for that. Um, we are going to be back uh, probably later this week with yep. another episode. Um, and we are the pros from Dover. To you,